Good morning. We're going to be starting in Ephesians chapter 4. Sorry, Ephesians chapter 3. Just a couple uh, quick announcements. Uh, I'd like to welcome you guys all tuning in. Uh, we appreciate our viewers, listeners from YouTube, uh, Spotify, whatever medium out there. Uh, we encourage you to grab your Bible or your tablet or your phone and a pen and paper so you can jot down these Bible verses so you can check them out at a later time. The Bible's very clear. We should not put our faith in men, but in Christ, the Word of God. So uh, another announcement, we've got uh, January 5th coming up as the official launch date, the first meeting of Sound Words Bible Church in Franklin, uh, Tennessee. Uh, for more details, uh, feel free to email, call, text. Uh, happy to connect and I uh, would like to invite everybody in the greater Nashville area uh, to come for that. So that's uh, January 5th. Uh, now, we've been going through a series titled Understanding the Mystery. So we'll read uh, the passage of Scripture that has inspired this whole entire series, and then we'll kind of unpack some things. So we're in Ephesians chapter 3, and we'll be reading the first four verses. For this cause I, Paul the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. So, we're in part three of this series, and today we're going to be talking about the inheritance in part one, we laid the foundation and we discussed three mysteries there. Well, four really. One, we discussed the mystery of the gospel of Christ according to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. And that it was a mystery that Christ died for our sins. And it wasn't just Israel, but it was for everybody, Gentiles included. We also discussed the gospel of the grace of God that is highlighted in Acts 20, 24. And we discussed the dispensation of the grace of God that Paul talks about in this verse that we just read in verse 2. And that's the time that we're living in right now. In other words, God is dispensing His grace through what He did through Christ on Calvary. He's not requiring any works for salvation. It's a free gift. And you simply believing and trusting in the death, burial, resurrection, and Christ's blood shed on the cross for your sins, you're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, sealed unto the day of redemption. And God is building and forming that body of Christ right now, which was a great mystery. It's the only mysteries that were discussed during that's labeled a great mystery. And that was the... The fourth thing that we discussed, which was the church, the body of Christ. Why was it a great mystery? Well, you can't find or search this thing anywhere in the Old Testament. Those 39 books, you won't find it mentioned anywhere there. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you won't find the body of Christ mentioned there. Not in Acts, neither in Hebrews through Revelation. So, that's what God is doing today. He is saving individuals and baptizing them by one spirit into the body of Christ. So that was what we laid out in uh, part one of the foundation. In part two, we discussed the greater commission. We discussed four more mysteries there. One was the setting aside of Israel. Two was the equality of Jew and Gentile. Three was one baptism. And four was that new commission to preach. It was a 
This, and this is what I titled the Greater Commission. Now, I want to touch on that real quick before we dive into today's subject matter. The reason why Paul's commission was a greater commission, you need to understand that when we went and we looked at Matthew 28, 18 and 19, that great commission that a lot of people take today, that stance of, oh, we'll read Matthew, tw- let's go there. I'd rather just read it. Matthew 28. I have a little bit of a head cold and a cough, so you're going to have to forgive my voice or if I start hacking up a lung. But in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, it says, Jesus speaking to the eleven, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Verse 20, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. So, In part two, remember, we went back and we looked at those things that Christ commanded those 11. And he commanded them in Matthew 10, verses 5 and 6, to go not into the way of the Gentiles in any city of the Samaritans, any you're not, but go ye rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So there was a commandment that Jesus Christ told them, don't go to Gentiles. And we discussed what Gentiles were. Gentiles were all the nations surrounding Israel. All of the Old Testament is dealing with this nation, Israel. And there were 12 tribes. Hence, that's why um, Christ had 12 apostles appointed for those 12 tribes. And when we read Matthew 28, 19, it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. You need to understand that he's not talking about going to all the nations like a lot of people think today. Yes, they were going to all nations. But they were only going to the lost sheep of the house of Israel in those nations. How do I know that? Well, when you read the Old Testament, you can see God dispersing those 12 tribes amongst the heathen. Don't take my word for it. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 36. So hang a left. You'll hit Ezekiel. Ezekiel 36. I'm just picking one of the many that you can see where it discusses this. And in Ezekiel 36, we'll start in verse 17. Son of man, when the house of Israel dwelt in their own land, they defiled it by their own way and by their doings. Their way was before me as the uncleanness of a removed woman. Wherefore, I poured my fury upon them for the blood that they shed upon the land and for their idols wherewith they had polluted it. And I scattered them among the heathen and they were dispersed through the countries. And I'm not going to go and read through all of the rest of Ezekiel, but read Ezekiel 36 and 37. And, and God talks about how he's eventually one day going to gather those that he scattered among those nations and bring them back into the land. That's why when we get to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's all about Christ coming and saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Everything that's been prophesied by the prophets, I've come to fulfill it and to bring you back in that land and restore that great nation of Israel. So it's important that you understand the whole Bible, not just Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So, The greater commission, when we get to Paul, is now, it's not just Israel. 
Remember, in Acts 9, it says, God said, This is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the children of Israel, before the kings and the Gentiles. This is the unique man that God said, Hey, this is my guy that I'm actually going to send among the Gentiles. And that greater commission is not just to the 12 tribes, but it's everybody. And guess what? His message was not a message of repentance and water baptism for the remission of sins. It was, no, you're not good enough. You're not righteous enough. God had to send His only Son to Calvary to die a horrible death, shed His innocent blood for the forgiveness of sins so that He could save you and give you an inheritance far above all heavens and heavenly places. There is no promise of an inheritance in heaven, in heaven outside of Paul's epistles. The rest of the books are dealing with a nation and their inheritance, the earth. You go to Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. All of the Bible is God's twofold plan to bring restoration to heaven, where Satan sinned and defiled it, and earth, where man sinned and defiled it. God's going to use that nation Israel to bring restoration through the, to the earth, and God's going to bring restoration to the heaven through the church, the body of Christ that he's forming today. This is a mystery, a great mystery. So, when we get to Romans chapter 16, and then we'll get on with today's message. Uh, Romans chapter 16. Notice what it says in verse 25 and 26. Romans 16, 25, 26. Now to him, this is Paul speaking, that is of power to establish you to, according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. So when we get to all nations here in verse 26, it means everybody. So, Today we're going to be talking about the inheritance that the church, the body of Christ, those who have trusted in Christ today, what we have. We're going to be talking about Christ as the head of the body. We're going to be talking about the heavenly position of the believers. We're going to be talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the coming of Christ in the air. And all these things were a mystery. So let's go to Colossians 1 verse 18. Colossians 1 verse 18. Colossians 1, 18. Paul writes, And he, talking about Christ, is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Now, this mystery that we want to talk about right now is simply this. Christ is the head of the body of Christ. He's not a prophet to us. He's not a priest He's not a king. And those were the identities that Christ walked in when he was being identified by Israel. He came as a priest. And it was prophesied in Deuteronomy 18. We'll go there. Deuteronomy 18. Notice what it says in verse 15. Now this is the Lord God speaking through Moses to the children of Israel. Deuteronomy 18, verse 15. 
The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren like unto me. Unto him ye shall hearken, according to all that thou desiredest of the Lord thy God, and hear above the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, neither let me see this great fire any more that I die not. And the Lord said unto me, They have well spoken that which they have spoken. Verse 18, I will raise them up a prophet, from among their brethren like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. And so when you get to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Christ's earthly ministry to the nation of Israel, he was a prophet. That was how Israel identified him. Today, we don't identify Christ as a prophet. We don't remember Christ in the flesh because, well, that's what Paul tells us in Second Corinthians chapter five. Let's go there. Second Corinthians chapter five. Verse fourteen. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that we he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. And Paul explains in First in Corinthians that the first man is of the earth, earthly, but the second is the Lord of heaven. We don't identify Christ as a babe in the manger. We don't identify him as a broken man on the cross. We identify him as the resurrected Lord of glory, Lord of heaven. That's who we remember Christ as. We forget about Christ in the flesh. And as concerning Christ in the flesh, he wasn't even coming for us. He was coming for the, those 12 tribes. It wasn't revealed till Paul that he came here for everybody, to die for everybody. He died for all. So Israel identified him as a prophet. We identify him as the head of the church, the body of Christ. Israel also identified him as a priest. Go to Psalms 110. Psalms 110. Verse 4. And the Lord hath sworn, and he will not repent. And we're talking about repentance. Just He's not going to change his mind. That's what the word repent means. Three times you can read in the Bible, God repented. Did God repent from sin? No. How could he do that? No. Repented means to change your mind. The Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And that's exactly how the nation of Israel identified Jesus Christ. Go read the book of Hebrews. It's all about talking about Jesus Christ being their high priest. But we don't identify him as our high priest. We identify him as the head of the body. And we are members of that body, of his flesh and of his bones. This is a great mystery. And the last thing that Israel identified him as a king. Go to Jeremiah 23. Jeremiah 23. Jeremiah 23, verse 5. Again, this is Jeremiah speaking the words of the Lord to the children of Israel. Jeremiah 23, verse 5. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, 
that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, a king shall reign and prosper, and he shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days Judas shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely, and this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. So, Christ was supposed to be identified as a king to the nation of Israel. And when you get to the book of Matthew, all of that, just look at Matthew chapter 1. That genealogy traces from Abraham to David to Christ. And it's basically saying that he has a kingship there and that he has inherited that and is fulfilling all the words of that Old, Old Testament prophecy. But we don't identify him today as a king because a king has a kingship here on the earth. Is Christ sitting on the throne in Israel right now reigning? No, we're not looking to Israel to see Christ sitting on the throne. We're looking into heaven where Christ is seated at the right hand of God and he is our head, the head of the church, the body of Christ. And we're waiting for that glorious appearing that when he will come on the clouds and he will capture up the church, the body of Christ, and we'll meet the Lord in the air and forever we will be. We're not looking for an earthly inheritance as the nation of Israel is. That's why when you meet, read Matthew chapter 5, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. That's what the twelve are inheriting. They're inheriting the earth. We're not looking to inherit the earth. We're looking to inherit heaven. And that's an incredible spiritual blessing that we have in Christ Jesus today. It's amazing. So, this mystery is that Christ is the head of the church, the body of Christ. That's part of our inheritance that we're going to be inheriting. It's heavenly places. And that's the next mystery I want to talk about is our heavenly position as believers today. So if you will, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Notice what Paul writes to the church at Ephesus in verse 3. Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings, and now pay attention to these next words, in heavenly places in Christ. So, we have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Those who have trusted. And then let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. We'll be starting in verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. Quickened means, means to be made alive, to be made one with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ, that in the ages to come, Here's the reason why. That in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. So in the ages to come, when Christ fulfills all those prophecies regarding the nation of Israel, when Israel inherits the earth, they're going to be able to look up in the heavenly places and see all of these people, ungodly heathen, 
People that were no good, not righteous, but simply put their faith and trust in what Christ did for them at Calvary. And now we're going to be seated in heavenly places and we're going to be the glory of the Lord. Light that's going to shine. It's going to light up the heavens. That's what we're going to do. That is a mystery. So what does Paul tell us, the believers today, to set our affections on? Let's go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Hang on right. Notice what Paul writes in Colossians chapter 3, 1 through 4. If ye, the, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear... Then shall ye also appear with them in glory. So we are today, the believers, to set our affection on things above, not here on the earth. Why? Because we're not inheriting the earth. We're not receiving that inheritance that Christ told the twelve, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. No. We're inheriting heavenly places. We've, that's what we just read. He's raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. We've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we need to set our mind and our affection on things above. But I'll tell you what, just as Israel forsook the words of the Lord and went after all these other idols and had their own doctrine and their own religion, the church, the body of Christ today, are repeating those same things. And I'll tell you this much, there's a lot that are not setting their fiction on things above, they're setting on things on the earth. So, we've talked about Christ as the head of the body. We've talked about the heavenly position of the believers. Now I want to talk to you about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Let's go uh, Colossians chapter 1. So let's turn left. <coughs> Excuse me. Colossians chapter 1. Notice what Paul writes in verse 25. Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages from generations but now is made manifest to his saints. I want to make a side note here. If you've trusted in Christ, your identity is not a sinner anymore. You've been made a saint. You're a saint, okay, if you've trusted in Christ. Uh, I'm not going to go on a rabbit trail, but I just want to point that out to you. Verse 27, to whom God would make known what is the mystery, what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, among the nations, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we might present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. So there is the riches of this glory, of this mystery. And what is that mystery? It's Christ, Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, dwelling inside the believer. God is not dwelling 
in churches. He's not dwelling in buildings. He's not dwelling in temples today. He's dwelling in people. And that is something that is hard to comprehend. Because you look at the way people live their lives, those who have trusted in Christ, and they live lives other, that speak otherwise, right? You can't tell by looking at an individual by the way they live their life whether or not they're saved. Why? Because you don't know their heart. You have no idea if they've trusted in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection for their sins. Because you can be saved and not come unto the knowledge of the truth. You can be saved and just live your life and do whatever you, do whatever you want. Now, is that what Paul instructs us to do? Absolutely not. We read verses earlier. We are not our own. And we should live a life that honors what He did for us on the cross. So, you need to understand that you are a temple of the Holy Ghost. You are not your own. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Notice what Paul writes in verse 19 to the Corinthians. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So, you were bought for with a price. What was that price? Well, that was God delivering up His only Son to die for you, to purchase you with His blood. Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. It's a great song. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. And whom ye also trusted. After that, ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. And whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, until the praise of His glory. So Paul tells the Ephesians, that they heard the gospel of their salvation. What was that gospel? Let's go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians first, chapter 15, verse 1. Paul writes, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, the gospel of your salvation, the gospel of Christ, the gospel of the grace of God, the gospel of the uncircumcision. It has many titles and many different names which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. How are you saved? You're saved by this gospel, hearing and believing and trusting in it. Not by repenting, not by confessing your sins, not by dedicating your life to follow Jesus, not by making Him the Lord of your life, not by... Oh man, the list goes on. There's a lot of other gospels in the world today being preached by preachers. There are another gospels by another spirit that are not of Christ. That's why you need to read the scriptures. Verse 
Two, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. Now here's the gospel. How that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. That's the gospel of your salvation. When you read that, when it says Christ died for our sins, we see that hour, put your name there. Do you believe that? Do you believe that Christ died for your sins? Do you believe that He went into the grave and that God raised Him from the third day? Only you can answer that question. So, there's this glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, among the nations. It's Christ dwelling in the believer. It's them being sealed with that Holy Spirit promise, that moment they trust in the Gospel which we just read. And Paul tells us that we're sealed unto the day of redemption. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Hang a right. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. That day of redemption is when Christ is going to come on the clouds, that glorious appearing. And that's the next mystery I want to talk to you about, which is Christ coming on the air. Let's go to Titus chapter 2. So hang a right. Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, verse 11, starting there. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's go hang a left. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2 chapter 2. I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 4. So there's this we're looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our savior Jesus Christ. And we're going to expound a little bit on this. This exactly lines up with what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. Paul talking to Timothy, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. Why? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Let's hang another left. Let's go to Philippians. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. This is tying in with everything that we've talked about so far. Paul told the Philippians in chapter 3 verse 20. For our conversation is in heaven, not in earth. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto His glorious body, according to the working whereby He is able even to subdue all things unto Himself. So when Christ comes down on the clouds, He's going to change our vile body. He's going to change this body of flesh that it may be fashioned like unto His glorious body. Paul talks about the different types of flesh in 1 Corinthians 15. 
We have a heavenly body that we're going to inherit one day, and it's going to be a glorious body likened unto Christ's heavenly body. I can't wait. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be quite a ride. And then, last but not least, let's hang a right to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. This is talking about Christ coming down, that glorious appearing. What's going to happen? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, those that have died, are asleep in Christ, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with them. For this we say unto the, you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then which we are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord." Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So, we've talked about the glorious appearing. We're looking for that glorious appearing that Titus talks about. Paul told Timothy to preach the word. Because that time is coming. He told the Philippians, our conversation is in heaven. Who's going to change our vile body to be fashioned unlike to his glorious body at that glorious appearing. And here we just read, those that are asleep in Christ, when, when you die, if you trust in Christ, when you die, your spirit departs to be with the Lord in heavenly places and you'll sleep in Him. And then when it's time for this to happen, God's going to resurrect those that are asleep in Christ to come down on the clouds to meet those who are still on the earth. We're going to meet the Lord in the air and then it says, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's it. That's the next thing that we're looking for. We're right here in the now. That's the next thing to happen. That's what we're waiting for. So in recap, we discussed the mystery of Christ being the head of the church, the body of Christ today. And we are members of his flesh and bone, those who have trusted in him. And God is forming that body of Christ. We also discussed the mystery of, of the heavenly position that we have, the believer today, in heavenly places. We discussed the ministry of the Holy Spirit, saving people by the gospel of Christ, placing them into the body where we are sealed. We have that assurance until the day of redemption when that glorious appearing shall come. And we discussed that final mystery. It's Christ coming on the clouds. That great and glorious appearing that we are looking for today. So we'll end with this and we'll close in a word of prayer. We read it earlier. Colossians chapter 3, just hang a left. First four verses. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then ye also appear with Him in glory. Let's close in a word of prayer. God, we thank You so much for Your Word. We thank You for You being the head of the church of the body of Christ, 
for blessing us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, for the work of your Holy Spirit saving individuals through the gospel of Christ today, and that glorious appearing that we get to look forward to one day where we will be caught up together with you in the air to be with you forever. We pray for those who are tuning in in line, that they put their trust in you, that they would seek out the scriptures in your, in your word that we discussed today, and that you would continue to work in them, God. We love you and we pray this all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you tomorrow night for Bible study.